power of visitation. Hear the Spirit call. Welcome to another podcast of Dr. Leslie Bakupon. Be blessed as you listen.
Whatever two or three are gathered in your name, you are there in their midst. Holy Spirit, take absolute control. As I'm about to speak your word, may I not speak of my own accord. And may I speak as you grant me utterance. By virtue of the fact that I'm a blood-born citizen of the kingdom of God, I take authority in the realm of the spirit. And I declare a supernatural injunction on in any activity of the enemy in this place. I declare the hearts and the minds of the people of God sanctified and made ready them to have an encounter with their father this morning to glory father to glory son to glory holy spirit in jesus most excellent name have we prayed with thanksgiving amen somebody put your hands together for the lord oh i can't hear your clap 
Is this how you clap for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the author and the finisher of your faith, the sustainer of our lives? Hallelujah. How many of you are happy to be in church today? All right. And how many of you are ready for the word this morning? Okay. All right. But before I get into the word, we want to wish all our Today is Mother's Day, right? Yes. We want to wish all our mothers and potential mothers a happy Mother's Day. Let's put our hands together. If there's any lady by you, wish her a happy Mother's Day, whether they are mothers or potential mothers or whatever. Hallelujah. And um, even though she's not here, she's with the children's service, let's appreciate the, the mother of the house. Hallelujah. God bless her. Amen. All right. How many of you are ready for today's sermon? All right. Time is spent. But me, when I come, you know, I'll come with my own worship list. Uh-huh. So get used to it. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. I don't know whether I'll be able to finish what I'll start today. Um, we are continuing the series on. What's the, what's the title of this? the spirit realm all right last week i just gave you an introduction into the spirit realm i gave you some characteristics of the spirit realm those of you who were not in church make sure you catch up with the sermon on facebook or on the podcast to listen to it amen and today as i told you i'm going to continue on the same tangent but i'm zooming down on the subject of dreams and visions dreams and visions I'm going to start with dreams today. I don't know whether I'll finish dreams today. I don't know. I, I don't know. But I'm almost certain I won't get to visions. All right? Not almost. I'm certain I'll not get to visions. <laughs> so today we're going to tackle the subject of dreams. Um, how many of you have dreamt before? How many of you have dreamt before? Including the babies. You to raise your hand if you've dreamt before. All right. So everybody here has dreamt before. All right. So today we are going to look at dreams from the scriptural point of view it, it's one of the most confusing things in a person's life sometimes you have a dream listen am i supposed to take it serious or i should just brush it aside you know some of the dreams don't even make sense somebody told me some dream in the middle of it i stopped listening i said this one <laughs> i don't think god was trying to tell you anything God, he is straightforward like that. Hallelujah. Yes. So today we're going to talk about the subject of dreams. So what are the types of dreams that you have? So I have my own classification. Alright. As far as dreams are concerned. So what are types of dreams you have? I have divided dreams into two major categories. The first one is what I call significant dreams. And the second one is what I call insignificant dreams. Hallelujah. Yes, it's not every dream that must, you must waste your time on. And waste your energy on. And waste your pastor's prayers on. Hallelujah. Uh-huh. We are here to help you with those things, but that's, that's what I'm teaching you, so that you will see 
the you know sister you understand where I'm going I'm trying to reduce the bedding <laughs> so we have insignificant let me start with the insignificant dreams let me start with the insignificant dreams it's not every dream that has significance it's not every dream that means something all right it's not every dream that you must take serious some people have very little dream like i dreamt that a fly passed by my ears hey they are trying to get me they are monitoring my life <laughs> they are insignificant dreams and you see the the human body last week i showed you three spirit soul body you can have dreams that come from any of these there are dreams that come from your body there are dreams that come from your soul and there are dreams that come from your spirit most of the insignificant dreams are from your soul and your body and the significant ones come from your spirit all right so somebody say ah, how can dreams come from your your body I'll, I'll show you. You see, give me Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 3. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 3. Let's all read it together. It's telling us where dreams can come from. Let's read it together. Go. For a dream cometh through what? The multitude of business. That's why I'm interested. The rest of it is, is, doesn't speak to my what do you call it? <laughs> it's another sermon. It's another sermon. It's another sermon. A fool's voice is known by multitude of ways. Those of you like talking too much. <laughs> There's some old sermon I preach on the biblical portrait of foolishness. Uh, I use the Bible to describe the fool. So if you find yourself inside, it means there's folly in you that needs to be worked on. Hallelujah. Yeah, it says a dream cometh through the multitude of business. Let's see what NLT says. I don't know how NLT puts it. Sometimes NLT has a very interesting. Aha. Let's read together. Go. Too much activity gives you restless dreams. Huh. So there are some of your dreams that come from activities you have taken part in. You understand? Things you may have done in the course of the day. And when we talk about the multitude of activities, it includes a lot of things. It includes things you have done. It includes things you have thought about. It includes conversations you have had. So that's what the Bible is telling us. That dreams come from a multitude of activities. So you would do something in the course of the day and you go to sleep and you dream. If let's say you go to the beach, you go to swim in the beach. I mean, I've never swam at the beach before, but I'm told the way the waves carry you, you feel like you are. And you go and sleep and you dream that you are floating. And say, Don't say that the marine spirits are coming for me. The spirits of the sea. If they wanted, they would have caught you when you were swimming in the sea. <laughs> Hallelujah. So the Bible is telling us that out of the things that we do, all right, out of the things that we do, we dream. 
And so those are insignificant dreams. Those are insignificant dreams. If you are learning for exams and you go and dream and you are you are, you are written an exam, <laughs> it is because you, you've been learning for an exam, you've been preparing for an exam. That is what your activities are directed towards. Hallelujah. So this is a very significant portion of scripture. Alright? When you dream, you you look at yourself. Maybe, ah, okay. I dreamt about this thing because so, so, and so, and so, and so. I had a conversation about this thing and blah, 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 and things like that. Alright? So that is where dreams that come from the body, the flesh. They come from the multitude of activities. There's another scripture in Isaiah chapter 29 verse 8. Let's read Isaiah. Give me NLT for that one. Isaiah 29, 8. Let's read it together. Go. A hungry person dreams of eating, but wakes up still hungry. Let's stop there. Uh-huh. The Bible, everything in this world is inside. You, you just have to know where to look. A hungry person will sleep and dream. So if you didn't have supper and you went to sleep <laughs> and you dream that you are eating, it doesn't mean they are trying to give you sickness in the dream. They are trying to impart something evil into me. It doesn't mean they can't do that too. I'm just giving you a broad and a very um, objective assessment of the whole situation. Alright? And you see, when we talk about hunger, hunger is not only food hunger. The body has a lot of desires, that types of hunger. Let he that is wise <laughs> hear what the spirit saith unto the church. <laughs> yeah. So there are certain kinds of hunger when you go to sleep with that kind of hunger. At certain periods when your mind is being bombarded by all kinds of things. Yeah. Some of you are certain times when if it's a skull x-ray should be taken off your head. I told you an orderly took a CT scan of the brain. Look and see where I dream thing. Can diagnose I dream thing from CT scan. <laughs> yeah. So when we are talking about hunger, we are talking about desires. Somebody say desires. Yes. So you can go and you can you go and it is not every time that you dream that somebody is having sex with you that it means there is a spiritual marriage. Sometimes it's your own desires, your own thoughts, the things you have been thinking about in the course of the day or the days ahead. The movie you watched, hmm? the movie you watched, that conversation that you had. Some people, their conversations are more than sexual intercourse. Oh, let me say it. Let me say it. Let me feel free. Ah. <laughs> the content and the depth of their conversation is more than sexual intercourse. Why wouldn't you dream? Why wouldn't you have dreams? Sometimes you have a desire for a particular person and you go and dream that the two of you are having a wedding. So interpret that God is saying that that is the bone of my bone and that is the flesh of my flesh. 
That's why I advise you that look, when it comes to praying for a married a lifetime partner, start before you see somebody you like. Because when you see somebody and you like, you are compromised. Yes, Ganache. <laughs> you are compromised. So when we talk about hunger, we are talking about desires. The desires, the, the things you wish for. If you, you really wish to own a Land Rover or a Range Rover and you go and sleep and you dream that you are... That it could mean that God is telling you you get one, but it could also be as a result of the strong desire that you have for it. It's as simple as that. Several years ago, a gentleman came to me and said, I'm in a prayer group with a certain lady and she came to me and said she dreamt that we were getting married. The two of them were getting married. I said, hey, hey. I told him, wait till you till you dream. The same thing. And it's the same spirit of God. Why will he reveal it to one person and leave the other person? One guy who was a leader of a prayer group, she said one day, they were praying. And you know how, you know, prophecy comes upon somebody there. Member, member kind of prophecy. One of the ladies, the thing came upon her and she started speaking. And it was directed at the prayer leader. And the prophecy she was giving was that God is telling him that he should marry her. He came to tell her, said, Holy Ghost doesn't work that way. Young man, don't get confused. If you like, you like. <laughs> it's as simple as that. He was confused. Because said that the prayer meeting was very powerful. The presence of God was very strong. He was confused. The lady said, that's here the Lord. <laughs> you are supposed to marry me. I told her, don't follow such things. He went ahead and started a relationship with her. Oh, it didn't last three months. <laughs> it didn't last. This thing was manufactured out of somebody's desires. Out of somebody's desires. So it says, a hungry man will dream that he's doing what? He's eating. So these are dreams that come from the flesh. So I'm just trying to show you that. So every dream you have that you should, you know, start uh, what do you call it? Binding and losing and, and, and things like that. Some of the insignificant dreams can also come from ill health. When you're not well. Mm. And there's a lot of chemical imbalance in your body. Now listen to some science too. <laughs> You see, the scientists interpret a dream or they, they describe a dream as being um, is it neurological impulses that are released into the brain and the brain is trying to understand them. Some of you realize that when you have malaria, you can dream very strange dreams. Like, it's like they are coming for you. <laughs> it is only when you are sick. And there are certain drugs too that have nightmares as part of their side effects. If you go and check. There are a lot of antidepressants that have, uh, what do you call it? Nightmares as part of their side effects. There are antihypertensive drugs that have nightmares as part of their, what do you call it? Side effects. There are, what do you call it? Some of the statins. The anti-cholesterol drugs. Some of them they have. There are anti-malarials. 
that also have nightmares, especially mefloquine. Afas, afas, afas. Pharmacology, no matter. Yeah. They have nightmares as part of their side effects. They are antihistamines. Yes, the antihistamines that also have nightmares. So I'm telling you all of these things so that when you dream, you put things into perspective before you start panicking. Because sometimes, eh, the devil doesn't even have plans for you. When he sees that you are afraid, he says, mm, this is a place I can go. Sometimes the dream wasn't even from him, but you are crediting him with it. With it. So he will take it. Accept it and work with it. Hallelujah. Yeah. So there are dreams that are insignificant. They, are, they, they don't really mean anything. And when I get to the significant dreams, I'll show you the characteristics of significant dreams so that you can compare and contrast and eliminate. Hallelujah. But one thing I tell everybody is that when you have a dream and you feel it is significant, you must have a dream book and write the dream down. Hallelujah. Write the dream down. And my reason is that, you see, sometimes when people have dreams that are significant, we are in a hurry to know the interpretation of the dream immediately. There are dreams people had in the Bible and the things haven't come to pass yet. They had a BC, something busy before Christ. And we are, we are yet to see the manifestation of those dreams. Hallelujah. So don't think every dream you have is short term. That some of them, the time they'll be fulfilled, you'll be dead and gone. Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. We've not finished seeing the manifestation of the entire dream yet. He was dead many, many, many thousands of years ago. Hallelujah. Yeah. So I'm teaching you this thing so you don't stress yourself too much. You don't stress yourself too much. So we have insignificant dreams and then we have significant dreams. So let's leave the realm of the insignificant significant ones and let's talk about significant dreams. Now let's see Job chapter 33. Let's read from verse 14. New King James Version. Job chapter 33. Now, when we talk about significant dreams, we are talking about dreams that have significance, spiritual significance, significance in your life. Significance where, where you are going in life is concerned. Things that you must take serious. Hallelujah. And significant dreams can be positive and negative. There are significant dreams that are positive. There are some too that are negative and need to be dealt with. The positive ones you pray through into them to ensure that they come to pass. Hallelujah. And it is one of the means by which God communicates with us. And that one, it comes through your spirit man. You see, while your body is asleep and your mind is asleep, your spirit man is always awake. If your spirit man sleeps, you will die. <laughs> it's awake. So there are times God wants to tell you something during the day. You are too busy. You are thinking about all kinds of things. You are angry. You are depressed. You are stressed out. You are tired in school, work, people are annoying you blah blah, and God is trying to tell you something and he's not able to get your attention he'll wait till your body sleeps your mind sleeps 
so that while your spirit man is still awake, he gives the information to your spirit man through a dream. Hallelujah. So dreams and visions are actually secondary means by which God communicates with us. There's a primary way by which God speaks to all of us. Unfortunately, most of the time we miss it. Because it's not that spectacular. You can't have a God that doesn't speak to you. A father who doesn't speak to you. God speaks to all of us. He communicates with all of us. He wants us every time. There's no bad thing you go to do or anything that is a disaster that happens in your life that God doesn't warn you before. But you see, sometimes it is our own prejudices. Our own, we have our own preferences already. It's like you're going to choose something and your own desires and your own prejudices will overshadow the voice of God. As for God, he speaks to us all the time. Hallelujah. He speaks to us all the time. So this is what the Bible is saying. Let's read together. Go. For God speaks in one way or in another, yet man does not perceive it. That means every time God is speaking to us, unfortunately, we are not able to perceive what God tries to tell us. We miss it. We miss the warnings. We miss the promptings and everything. So, when God tries to communicate something to us and we miss it, what does he do? Let's go to verse 15. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men, while slumbering in their beds, verse 16, he opens the ears of man and seals their instruction. Hallelujah. So, when he has tried to speak to you through other means, through promptings, through impressions, through whatever and you miss it he waits till now there's there's nothing taking your attention then as the bible says he opens your ears and speaks to you in a dream or in a vision hallelujah yeah so god speaks to us through dreams god instructs us through dreams the bible is full of dreamers there are a lot of dreamers and let me tell you a lot of people think visions are superior to dreams. I don't think so. Everybody and how God deals with you. Some of the most significant pieces of information God gave in the Bible, he gave through dreams and not visions. I believe one of the most significant pieces of information God had to give a man was when God spoke to Joseph to carry Jesus and take him away to Egypt. If that thing had not happened, we will not be here. It's a very pivotal time in human history. And it was a dream God used to speak and to communicate that. So never think visions are superior to dreams. God has his way of dealing with everybody. When it comes to hearing God, even in the prophetic, it's not every prophet that is so deep into seeing. There are some whose strength is in hearing. And there are others whose strength is in seeing. Alright? When you look at the Bible uh, prophets, somebody like Ezekiel. Ezekiel was very much of a seer. He was into visions and stuff like that. Someone wasn't too much of a seer. Someone was more of a hearer. Right from his infancy, he heard the voice of God with his ears. When, uh, what do you call it? He was about to choose Saul as the king. I think First Samuel chapter 9. He said God spoke into his ears. So someone was a hearer. So, I'm just trying to tell you that God has a different way of dealing with everybody. Sometimes you look at somebody and how God is dealing with the person and you feel that is the standard. So, so long as God is not 
dealing with me along those lines, it means I'm inferior. No. There are some people who are dreamers. Look at a major world event like seven years of farming. It was revealed through a dream. Hallelujah. And even that dream, it wasn't a believer. It was Pharaoh who worships idols. And God gave him that dream. So, let's not underestimate the power of dreams. You may not be given to too much of seeing visions and stuff like that. But, take your dreams seriously. Hallelujah. Take your dreams seriously. I know one of the main prophets in this country. His thing is dreaming. His own, he doesn't see much of visions. He dreams about the program before he gets there. So, when he comes and he's mentioning names and stuff, he saw it in his dream the previous night. And that is how God deals with him dreams. So he gets up and he writes the names and blah, 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 blah. So he comes when he gives word of knowledge, this, that, 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 that. He saw it the previous night. So maybe you are here and for you, that is how God deals with you. Don't think you are inferior to the one who says, and the Lord opened my eyes. There's <laughs> a way in which when you get into the spirit, the shh comes in, you know. Eyes, Jesus. <laughs> Alright? So God has his way of dealing with everybody. Maybe yours is in dreams. Just develop yourself in that direction. Hallelujah. Develop yourself in that direction. Alright? So, still on the significant dreams. I want to tell you some of the signs that a dream is significant. Some of the signs that a dream is significant. So, number one is that the dream is very vivid. Very vivid. When I say vivid, I mean you wake up and you feel like you were really there. How many of you have had that experience before? Uh Uh-huh. Wake up and it's like you were really there. Very vivid. You wake up and you realize the thing was real. It's like you were there. It is one of the signs of a significant dream. Dreams that you dream and you wake up and you can't even remember. Most of the time, they are not <laughs> important like that. If it's important, it will, you will remember. You will remember because it will be very vivid, vivid. Number two, it leaves a strong impression either on your body, your soul, or your spirit. And I'll explain. There are some people, they wake up from dreams and there's bodily evidence that they have actually had a dream. I know somebody who dreamt and somebody threw, what do you call it, something and it hit her left breast. And she woke up and from that day, pain in the left breast. It was in the meeting and I picked it up prophetically and prayed for her. And the thing ended by God's grace. Bodily evidence. There are people, people come to sleep with them in dreams and they wake up with pains. Why should you have pains from a dream? So there is evidence on your body that you've actually been there. It's a sign that it's a significant, um, what do you call it? So I said, it will have an effect on your body, your soul, and your spirit. How will a significant dream have an effect on your soul? Sometimes your emotions. You can wake up crying. I've had dreams and I've woken up with tears in my eyes. 
there was a time I had a dream some years back and in the dream it was like there was a certain kind of attack in NTC and people were beginning to lose their lives it's like people were dying like that like today we hear something oh no the person has died this is a, like ah why is it that suddenly there are a lot of funerals and stuff like that and the thing was weighing on my spirit in the dream like I woke up with tears in my eyes and I knew that no this thing was significant so I called somebody and they told me the previous day no somebody had died in NTC I raised prayer contacted people we needed to stop the thing immediately this done like this the dreams I have between Saturday and Sunday I don't joke with them maybe yours will be Tuesday and Friday maybe yours is every day for me you see these things it's important for you to customize it for yourself not because pastor says for him Saturday and Sunday so if Saturday you dream that you are chewing ice block it means that you are, you are going to go to a cold country please <laughs> the dreams that I have between Saturday and Sunday very significant the dreams and the visions that I get between Saturday and Sunday because between Saturday and Sunday I'm, I'm in a very spiritual mood because I have to be in a spiritual mood for you amen yeah this dawn for example I had a significant dream and it was about a church member and I'll call that person after church today and deal with it. Hmm? And interestingly, when I woke up and I told, one of the things I realized is that when I sense something or I see something and my wife corroborates it, it means immediate action is necessary. So I woke up and I told her that I had the dream. She said, ah, in the last two days, she's been strong on my heart. Our visitation, when you say like intercede and this thing, that person was the person she was interceding for. I said, Today, after church, I'm going to deal with it. I want, is it you? Is it me? Is it you? The Lord is in control. Everybody say, The Lord is in control. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> People are looking at them. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Nothing bad is going to happen to you. Hallelujah. <laughs> is the person here crying? I don't even know. And if you see me talking to somebody after church, it doesn't mean it's a person. I'll, I'll go home before I call you. <laughs> in fact, today, if you're in this church and you have not spoken to me before, today come and talk to me. Today, those who have spoken to me before, don't come. Unless your matter is life and death and tomorrow they say you are dying. Today, those of you who have never spoken to me before, <laughs> gather the courage. Hallelujah. Even if it's hello, just come and say hello. Because there are some of you in this church, you have, you have never spoken to your pastor before. Hallelujah. Yeah, I'll tell you. <laughs> so today, I don't want anybody who has spoken to me before to come. Hmm? Unless your matter is what? An emergency. Life and death. <laughs> resuscitation. One that needs resuscitation. So those of you who have never spoken to me before, today is you I want to speak to. Amen. Just come and say hello and introduce yourself and stuff like that. What was I saying? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So I had that dream. So it has to be dealt with. I know it is a significant dream. I know. And if I don't take action immediately, I will not be happy. I will not be happy. 
So that is the second sign that it has an impression, a strong impression on your body or on your soul, on your soul, your emotions. Or the thing is constantly on your mind. You can't take it out of your head. Or it's on your spirit. Your, your spirit, man, is like there's a certain heaviness. There's a certain heaviness that, that, that you feel after the dream. It's like a bedding. And when you feel that, the solution is to pray until that heaviness lifts. Pray until the heaviness lifts. Until you feel that the heaviness is gone, don't stop praying about the matter. Hallelujah. Yeah, God is trying to tell you something. He's communicating something to your spirit man. And the impression I'm talking about that it has on your body or your soul or your spirit usually doesn't have anything to do with the content of the dream. Because sometimes eh, the content is not something that should make the thing sit on you like that. How many of you have experienced that before? When you look at the content of the dream, it's not something that should scare you or should make you think but that feeling is there. It is a sign that is significant. And I'll show you an example. Give me Genesis chapter 40. Let's start from verse 1. There were some two people in prison with Joseph who had dreams. Let's examine the content of their dreams. Let's, let's, let's use NLT for this one. Let's examine the content of their dreams. It says, Sometime later, Pharaoh's chief cupbearer and chief baker offended their royal master. So they did something and they were thrown into prison. Verse 2. Pharaoh became angry with these two officials. Verse 3. And he put them in prison where Joseph was. In the palace of the captain of the guard. Verse 4. He said they remained in prison for quite some time. And the captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph. Who looked after them. Verse 5. While they were in prison. Pharaoh's cupbearer and baker each had a dream one night. And each dream had its own meaning. You see that statement is very significant. When it comes to interpretation of dreams. I'll come to that later. He says verse 6. Now look at this. He said, when Joseph saw them the next morning, he noticed that they both looked upset. Like there was something. They they were not fine. Another version says their countenance was sad. Alright. Let's go on. He said, why do you look so worried today? He asked them. Verse 8. And they replied, we both had dreams last night, but no one can tell us what they mean. And Joseph said, interpreting dreams is God's business. Joseph replied, go ahead and tell me your dreams. Verse 9. So the chief cupbearer told Joseph his dream first. He said, in my dream. So listen to the dream. In my dream, he said, I saw a grapevine in front of me. I mean, if you see a grapevine, you should be happy. Alright. Next verse. Say the, the vine had three branches that began to bud and blossom. Say three branches that began to bud and blossom, and soon it produced clusters of ripe grapes. Why should this make you sad? Next verse I was holding Pharaoh's wine cup, and this is what he does he's the cup bearer, he makes wine for the king. So I was holding Pharaoh's wine cup in my hand. So I took a cluster of grapes and squeezed the juice into the cup. Then I placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. Ah, 
Why should this dream make you worried? Why should this dream sit upon your spirit? Hallelujah. I'm trying to show you signs that a dream is significant. Next verse. This is what the dream means, Joseph said. The three branches represent three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift you up and restore you to your position as his chief cupbearer. And please remember me. So the man was now pushing his agenda. That Charlie asked you, they left the place. Charlie is very, very important. Go and tell the man. He said, and please remember me and do me a favor when things go well for you. Sometimes people say this guy was ungrateful because he forgot Joseph. But the truth is that there's no way he could have convinced Pharaoh to release Joseph. What was he going to say? Joseph was accused of having attempted to rape one of Pharaoh's generals. Or a wife. Just because you cup bearer, you have come out and he interpreted your dream because of on the basis of that releasing. Can you, th- can you imagine that? There's no way he could have... Until God himself had to create a situation. And that situation was that the king himself had a dream. Hallelujah. Yeah, God himself had to create the situation. Sometimes don't blame people. When you ask them for help and they are not able to, in God's own time, he will create the situation. And you come out of that prison, that financial prison, that whatever prison. Hallelujah. And please remember me and do me a favor when things go well for you. Mention me to Pharaoh so he might let me out of this place. Verse 15. For I was kidnapped from my homeland, the land of the Hebrews. He was trying to appeal to his emotions. And now I'm here in prison, but I did nothing to deserve it. Verse 16. When the chief baker, so now he had finished with the butler, the cup bearer. Look at the baker's dream. So now the chief baker saw that Joseph had given the first dream such a positive interpretation. Uh-huh. See, that is why <laughs> there shouldn't be any stereotyped interpretation of dreams. The first one, I saw three, three words. Three branches. Okay. He said to Joseph, I had a dream too. In my dream, there were how many baskets? Hey! If three trees and branches represented, then the three baskets is abundance, abundance, abundance. <laughs> in my dream there were three baskets of white pastries stacked on my head you are a baker so if you are carrying a basket and there are pastries in the pastries you, you produce pastries you make pastries why should this dream have any effect on your spirit stacked on my head next he said the top basket contained all kinds of pastries for Pharaoh this is what he used to do but the birds came and ate them from the basket on my head. A honey problem, no. The birds. May no evil birds come to eat anything from your head in Jesus' name. That is where the problem was. This is what the dream means. Joseph told him. The three baskets also represent three days. So, three trees. Three days. Three baskets, three days. So if somebody says, I meet to I dreamt and I saw a tree. So it means a day. <laughs> and then when you see a tree and a basket, what will it mean? Ah, every dream has its own unique interpretation. Hallelujah. 
I have a problem with seeing people on TV and they are giving stereotyped interpretation of dreams. Three baskets also represent three days. Next. Three days from now, Pharaoh will lift you up. I'm sure if he had paused there, he would have raised Like prophecy, he would have raised his hand. Finish it. Go deeper. Man of God, go deeper. Go deeper. Go deeper. He will lift you up and impale your body on a pole. This is where the face will change. Then birds will come and peck away your flesh. Aye. Verse 20. Pharaoh's birthday came three days later. And he prepared a banquet for all his officials and staff. He summoned his chief cupbearer and chief baker to join the other officials. 21. He then restored the chief cup bearer to his former position so he could again hand Pharaoh his cup. 22. But Pharaoh impaled the chief baker just as Joseph had predicted when he interpreted his dream. Hallelujah. So when you look at the contents of the dreams, they weren't scary like that. In, in both cases, they were doing things that they normally do. Alright? So it's just, it's just like you... Um, you are a doctor and you dream that there's a stethoscope around your neck that's normal just like this guy dreamt he was carrying a cap and that's his normal work so sometimes it's not in the content but the impression the thing has upon your spirit those are the ones you should take serious and write them down because I said the interpretation may not be for now maybe for some time later so have a dream book and write your dreams down hallelujah yeah so, so it's not it's not too much about the content it's about the impression it has let's read um, Daniel chapter 2 another one in Daniel chapter 2 let's start from verse 1 one night during the second year of his reign Nebuchadnezzar had such disturbing dreams that he couldn't sleep. Let's stop there. He also was disturbed by the dreams. And in the dream, what he saw was a large statue. And the statue had different materials used for it at different parts of the statue. That, 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 that was what he saw. And then a stone came and crashed the thing like that. It's not like somebody was chasing him or somebody had a sword that he used to slash his throat or something but he was disturbed by it hallelujah so i'm trying to show you that when you are disturbed by the dream you had in spite of the fact that the content may not be disturbing it could be god trying to tell you that this thing is significant you need to write it down you need to pray about it hallelujah and when you feel that disturbance as i said pray until that disturbance lifts Pray until that disturbance lifts. That, that, that is when praying in tongues is an advantage. Because sometimes you don't know exactly what to pray for. You just pray, 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 pray. Allow the Holy Spirit to intercede for you where that particular matter is concerned. After a while, you realize that there's a certain release that comes. You realize that whatever it is has been dealt with. Hallelujah. Yeah. Last week like this, there was something I saw. That one wasn't a dream. It was a vision. Also involving a church member. So that one I mobilized some strategic people and we did some things 
until I felt in my spirit it was fine. That's why we are there. That's why we are, we are, we are, that's why you should also be praying for us. Hallelujah. But as this week, how many of you have prayed for me? Shall be a disaster here. <laughs> it shall be a disaster here. Yeah. So that is number two. It leaves a strong impression on your spirit, your soul, or your body. Number three, it is repetitive. It is repetitive. When you're having one dream over and over. I met somebody, she's had the same dream since she was six years old. It's like that same dream keeps coming. That same dream keeps coming. A madman chases you every time. It's a madman chases since you were six years old. Madman. It continued until one day in the dream she turned and chased the madman away. That was it. It was done. <laughs> Hallelujah. Sometimes you need to show them that you are not afraid though. Ah. One day she turned and chased the madman. Sure, the madman was shocked. Hey. <laughs> Ali, what has changed? What has happened? Yeah. <laughs> he also ran away. Yeah. So when it is repetitive, you need to take it seriously. You dream it three days later. You dream the same thing three days. And sometimes it's like a series. Where you stop from, you continue. Episode one, episode two, episode three. Those ones, write them down. <laughs> God is trying to tell you something. Write them down. Sometimes in one night, you can have three different episodes of a dream. You start the dream. You end. You wake up. You sleep. You continue. You wake up. You sleep. You continue. Like that. Those are significant things. It's like it's like the dream makes sense. I'm sure you've not watched some series be the previous day that you are taking into your dream. Yeah. So when it is repetitive, when it is repetitive, very important. All right. Now I want to tell you how God uses dreams. You see, God can use dreams. Or maybe first of all, let me tell you how Satan uses dreams. Then I'll come to how God uses dreams. So both God and Satan can use dreams. All right. How will Satan use dreams? Satan can use a dream to impart fear and anxiety. To impart fear and anxiety. Sometimes Satan just wants to put fear in you. Brings you some dream. That is why when you dream and it is scary, you must not entertain the spirit of fear. Don't be afraid. Because it's a trap. It's a door the devil wants to open. Don't be afraid. You dream scary dreams. Don't be afraid. We are seated with Christ far above principalities and powers. Don't be afraid. That is the number one rule of thumb when it comes to dreams. Don't allow the spirit of fear to come into you when you dream. It doesn't matter what the content is. Don't allow it. Because the spirit of fear has been sent to open you up for whatever it is that you are afraid of to come to pass. That is it. Don't be afraid. If you dream you had an accident, don't be afraid. If you dream you are dead and you are standing by your tomb, yeah, and you are 23 and a half years, and the age, the everything aged 24. That is not the time to be afraid. Hallelujah. The devil wants you to accept the spirit of fear, which comes to open you up, and the spirit of death can come in and come and take you away. If you are married, you dreamt you were divorced. Don't be afraid. If you accept it, 
you are giving the devil a foothold in your life and inside your marriage so that's the number one rule of thumb no matter what the content of the dream was don't allow fear to come into you hallelujah so the devil uses dreams to impart fear and impart anxiety so there are certain things you are anxious about and the devil tries to use dreams to deepen your anxiety when you talk to people people are anxious about things so afraid the near future the medium term future the long term future like people have fears people are afraid of things <laughs> people are afraid of things the devil sometimes uses dreams to 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 deepen your anxiety and to deepen your fears in life and see when you walk in fear and anxiety you can't perform to the best of your ability in anything you're always walking and looking behind you somebody who has an anxiety disorder you know there's a psychiatric disorder it's an anxiety disorder they asked him to describe it he said it's like every decision is a life and death decision that's how he feels as to whether to sit on this chair or to sit on this chair it feels like a life and death decision whether to use this door or to use it oh the devil is oppressing people who may the lord deliver you from every such depression anxiety fear in the name of jesus christ of nazareth yeah. so it feels like a, a life and death decision. like hey i have to decide who oh, have to decide that's how he feels and the devil uses dreams to to impart some of these things number two the devil uses dreams to misinform disinform and misdirect so there's a difference between misinformation and disinformation. Misinformation can be unintentional. But in the devil's case, it's intentional about anything. So let's even remove the misinformation. Disinformation is when wrong information is given to you intentionally for diabolical reasons. Human beings can disinform you. Tell you they saw a your beloved lying on somebody's bed and it's not true just to create confusion in the same way the devil can use dreams to disinform you i know somebody the devil disengaged the person from their destiny helper with dreams yeah slept and dreamt and every time the person is pressing their neck this person who is supposed to help you this person who has come and is ready to help you in life you now your life is somewhere God has brought this person and the devil shows you dreams where consistently say no 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 this, if I stay here I'll die just disengage themselves from, from the person like that the devil does things like that I know marriages that have been destroyed by dreams like that somebody dreamt their mother-in-law was trying to stab her and you see when you have such a dream too, you have to be wise the way you come out and say it. Don't come and say, hey, my husband, come, come. I suspect your mother is a witch. Hey, men and their mothers, don't go and don't do that. Don't do that. You even pray about it for seven days for wisdom. I know a marriage, and the marriage was between two Christians. Two people I know. And as we speak now, they are divorced. And that is where the thing started from a dream. 
The mother-in-law was trying to stab her in the dream. It's not everything you take hook, line, and sinker. That's why you have to be spiritual. Let me tell you one thing. The interpretation of every dream is in the word of God. When you don't know the word, eh, it's more difficult for you to interpret dreams. I'm not saying the dream that you had that you were driving a car no, is written in the word of God like that. That Pastor Alpha shall dream and he shall be driving a car. No. But you see, when you are in that dilemma to find the meaning of the dream, the Holy Spirit can activate a certain scripture that will just solve the problem and give you peace and settlement on the issue. But how can he activate the scripture when there are no scriptures in here? That's why you are struggling. When you are drinking, something, this, 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 and the scripture, my peace I give unto you. It is settled. But you don't even know that scripture. <laughs> you don't know it. Apart from John 3 16. And then, and Jesus wept. You don't know any scriptures. That's why you are struggling in life. That's why you are confused. But may God give you the grace to, to learn the scriptures and to know the scriptures and to have the scriptures in your spirit. Every, what I call <laughs> Every dream has its interpretation and, 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 and its clarity in the word of God. It's in the word of God. Know the word. Memorize scriptures. In that day when you are confused, the spirit of God that is inside you will just activate a certain word and you know that the matter is settled. It is finished. Like that. So the devil uses dreams to impart fear, to impart anxiety, to misinform, disinform, and misdirect. If you are not a very prayerful person and business, two gentlemen have come. One of them is Emil Delilah and the other one is a correct guy if you are not prayerful and, and the spiritual atmosphere around you is not correct you will dream and the one that you are not supposed to marry rather you will be carrying you at the beach seashore and looking into your faces ah! <laughs> that is the guy that is the guy this walk with God is warfare. You know, information is, is a weapon. Information is a weapon. Wrong information is a weapon. The second world war, I'm told, was turned around by wrong information. That's how the war turned. Because the Nazis were conquering, like the thing was going very bad. Wrong information. So information is a serious weapon. You need to be prayerful. You stop praying before you sleep. It's like it's your right to sleep and wake up. So, dear Lord, see ya. See ya tomorrow morning. <laughs> dear God. <laughs> you don't have problems, so you do dear God. Those are probably they don't do dear God. <laughs> yeah, prayers are different. You go to a park and see. In the far park, you go to in the far park in the middle of the night. You see those who are problems and those who are fine in life. Those who are just fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. 
Don't have problems. Their prayers is like caterpillar prayers. Hey, God, hey. God. Some of them, they have been threatening. Hey, God, I'm telling you. Hey. <laughs> if you don't come down, I'll come up. <laughs> hey. They come boldly. Look, people have taken it to another level. They say come boldly, so you are threatening them. Was, if you don't come down, I'll come up. Whatever the case, we must meet somewhere. So the devil uses dreams to misinform, disinform, and to misdirect. And then the devil also uses dreams to cause confusion. Hmm? To cause confusion. I know a family. The father died. It was time to share the property. Eldest son said he dreamed that the father came to him and said one of the middle sons they shouldn't give him some of the property. <laughs> hey! Confusion couldn't. <laughs> said the father appeared to him in a dream. Said the middle one. The, the men son in the house, you know. Said the father said they shouldn't give him some. And that happened to be the wildest of the children, too. Aha. You say it's the cool one that will say, okay, oh dear, let it be. Is the one who will fight and go and take cutlass and mark the ground. <laughs> if you do, I'll finish you. Confusion. Confusion. A lot of families have been thrown into turmoil and confusion because of dreams that people have had. There's no time I've told you a lot of stories. Me, where I said I hear things. I hear a lot of things from all angles, north, south, east, west. I hear many things dreams just causing confusion left right center in marriages in families among friends that's why you have to be prayerful you create an atmosphere around you before you sleep so that these demons can come and be giving you all sorts of showing you all sorts of things you've not finished seeing the dreams and visions God has for you why should you be seeing the ones the devil is showing So these are some of the ways that the devil uses dreams. And then the fourth one is that he can use it to impart evil. To impart evil. So there are times people actually dream, they are eating, they wake up and they, they have a diagnosis. The same way Solomon wasn't a very wise man. I mean like, we didn't know him to be associated with wisdom. It was one dream he had. He woke up and God had imparted wisdom into him. Somebody who can wake up his wife and suddenly he's foolish. Like he's taking very bad decisions and nobody can understand. There's a man, married man, suddenly the guy started taking some he decided he won't pay his children's fees again. It's his wife who is a pupil teacher who has to work extra and then go and borrow money. The man works in a bank. He says he won't pay the children's fees. Like, no reason. I won't pay. Just, I won't pay. <laughs> and what can you do to him? I won't pay. The mother says she can't sit down and watch this. So, borrowing money, he has just decided he won't pay. So, the devil imparts all kinds of things. All sorts of things. The devil can even impart lust. You dream having some sexual intercourse with one particular lady, be and 
if you don't deal with it when you wake up, you will start lasting after the person for the rest of your life. One gentleman came to tell me, he told me, there was this lady he never found attractive. But he had a dream and in the dream they were doing some funny things. Afterwards, it's like any time he sees the lady, then some thoughts and some funny things come. I told him you waited too long. You should have dealt with it. This thing is warfare. It's warfare. It's warfare. You must deal with it. Serious spiritual warfare. Battle. Blot out the memories with the blood of Jesus. Do all kinds of things. Otherwise, suddenly somebody you never found attractive, you start following the person like a goat. So evil things are imparted. Sicknesses are imparted. There are people who became lesbians through a dream. They never had desires for women. They dreamt one day and some woman was doing some things to and that was it. The thing was imparted like that. Look, when you have sad dreams, it is warfare. You wake up and battle and battle if it will mean fasting and praying. The devil is looking for some loophole somewhere to enter your life and to destroy it. We need to take these things seriously. How does God use dreams? You see, the devil tries to take what God does and he corrupts it. So God can use dreams to inform and to reveal. Hallelujah. So Joseph in the Bible. There is big Joseph and small Joseph. Big Joseph is the Old Testament one. Small Joseph. Even though the big Joseph was a small boy. <laughs> Old Testament Joseph. God used dreams to inform him and inform him about things and reveal things to him. The New Testament Joseph to say to inform, to reveal. And let me tell you this thing. This thing that God reveals to redeem is not always true. It's not always true. When God reveals, there are times when there are conditions that must be met before the redemption comes. God revealed to Abraham that Sodom and Gomorrah was going to be destroyed, but there were conditions. If I can find this number of people who are righteous, if I can find, and the man was negotiating until they got to the last one and they couldn't. So the destruction had to come. In that case, God revealed, but there was no redemption because the conditions were not met. Let's not kid ourselves that once God reveals, it means there must be redemption. Sometimes the condition is that you must walk in the spirit. Sometimes the condition is that some intercession must go on. Some prayers must go on. Some things must be done and some declarations made to stop it. So don't say that, oh, once God has revealed, then it means he will redeem. It is not true. And I've not even seen the scripture. There's no scripture there like that. It's our own understanding of God. Yeah, it's, it's a wise saying. It's a wise saying. It is not always that God reveals to redeem. When he reveals most of the time, there are conditions. If you don't meet the conditions, there will be no redemption. Hallelujah. So let's take note of that. So God uses dreams also to warn to warn he uses dreams to direct and he also uses dreams to impact so just as the devil can impact negative things through dreams God can also impact positive things through dreams hallelujah that is why you would dream that a man in white is handing a pot of gold to you oh you are not I thought you would say amen to that well, you want to always be doing calculations all the time I, you don't know you can come to a point where you don't calculate again. 
was the year of great harvest though. And the heavens are open for, for wild things to happen in people's lives. You need to get to that point where calculation, your mass, no, put it aside. You do calculations, integration and differentiation. And you are calculating and the thing is not balancing. Everybody has become a mathematician. But sometimes God can visit you in one dream and impart something into you that will change your life and change your destiny. I pray that somebody will have a visitation from God in the name of Jesus. A visitation where positive things will be imparted unto you. Some of you dream and God will carry a microphone and put it in your hands. And it's an impartation of the preaching grace and the teaching grace and the grace to pray. And sometimes God does it by you dream and a servant of God you respect. God can just let the person, like in the dream, come and lay hands on you and make some declaration. Certain things. Before the fire rally, there was a gentleman who is not a part of this church. He dreamt that I had come to him and I had laid hands on him and I was saying certain things. So he purposed in his heart to come for one of the nights of the fire rally. And he came to see me after the fire rally. The Saturday night, when we finished, I was sitting down and I was praying over people. The things I said that night, if you came and I prayed for you, take the thing seriously. Because by God's grace, that day I was in some interesting realm. Any single word I said, if you take it as a joke, voila, voila. The gentleman came. He knelt down. I laid hands on him. And he said the words that I said in the dream, I repeated exactly the same words in the same order. In the same order. So God can impart things. And may God use dreams to impart good things into you. You can be sick and you dream that God is coming to you like a doctor in a hospital. And he just lifts you and takes you out of your bed. And the sickness just lifts your body. May you have a dream that will bring a healing to your body in the name of Jesus. Chronic sicknesses, diseases that have plagued you for years. May you receive your healing through dreams. And the last thing. How do you handle dreams? And I'm done. I've said the first one already. Have a dream book. Write the significant dreams down because some of them, the interpretation is not for now. When you have a dream book and you constantly refer to it, when the time of the manifestation of that dream comes, you know. But if you dreamt, you forgot about it, you just went ahead, lived your life and all of that, the time for the manifestation will come and you don't even realize. So have a dream book. Just write it down. The significant dreams that you have just write them down number two know that there is no stereotyped interpretation for any dreams there's no stereotyped interpretation there are symbols that meant different things in the bible i've told you before that a lion at one point in time according to the apostle peter the devil walked about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But Jesus too, they say, is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And the Bible says, the righteous man is as bold as a lion. So if you see a lion, you have to go back to God and ask, is it lion one, lion two, or lion three? Which of them is it that was roaring at me? Hallelujah. The fact that a lion is roaring at you doesn't mean, it doesn't necessarily mean it's the devil. 
Amen? Yeah. Maybe it's Jesus trying to tell you, wake up, you are sleeping. Start praying again. You are sleeping. Oh, oh, <laughs> so, don't, don't make up your mind about that, oh, if you see this, then it is this. It could be that, but it may also not be that. Subject every dream to its individual analysis in prayer, in meditation, and in the word. And if you don't get an interpretation for it, you put it down. Maybe the interpretation is not for now. It will come later. Hallelujah. Because sometimes you can see, sometimes people come to tell you dreams and they expect that there, there, there. No, it's like the Joseph anointing must come. For you to be able to give the interpretation. Sometimes by God's grace. As the dream is being narrated. The Holy Spirit is also giving the interpretation. By the time you finish like this. The interpretation is coming. Sometimes too. It's not like that. You see we know in part. And we prophesy in part. That is the thing. And that is what every man of God must tell his congregation. I don't know everything. No. I don't see everything. There are things that will come. That on hindsight you feel like. ah, But if I should have seen it. There, there are a lot of things. The things me I want to see. I don't see them. The things in my own life that I want to see, that I want God to speak to me about, those ones is like his death where they are concerned. And me and him, we have an issue where that is concerned. You understand? Sometimes it's strange things that don't. There's a time, ah, somebody called me. The person called, no, I called the person. I was there and the Holy Spirit said, Call the person. So I just called. I didn't have anything to see. I called the person and the person, ah, that if I, it's good you've called. What is the matter? There was some deadline. Be the person needed to do something, and he needed to take something from a certain room. And it's like it was just a few minutes to the time, and he couldn't find the key to the room. So when he called me immediately, I was like, hmm, "I'm in distress." So I said, "What is wrong? Key? This? That? 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 That?" Immediately, God showed me a vision. I've never been to his house before, but I show him. Look here, look here. Open this place. The key is there. Open, shut it. Who you deceive for? Me, and my house. There are keys that have been missing for five years. Up to now. <laughs> so we know in part, we prophesy in part. As God gives the grace, we shall also help you. Hallelujah. But I pray that God will give you an understanding of that realm of the spirit for yourself. God will give some of you a literal introduction into that realm. May, may you understand it when you are navigating that realm. When you have dreams, may you have divinely inspired understanding of those dreams. And, and in your dreams, may God reveal deep secrets unto you. In your dreams, may God impart graces unto you. In your dream, may God give you direction in your life. In your dreams, may God warn you about dangers that are ahead. In your dreams, may God reveal himself and reveal his glory unto you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. There are certain encounters you have with God and as a result of those encounters, it is impossible for you to ever backslide. And I prophesy a divine encounter into your life. That when you come to that point in your life where you want to turn back on this thing called Christianity, you will look back on that day when you saw Yeshua Hamashiach. You will look back on that day when you saw the glory of God. You will look back on that day when you experienced the presence and the power of God. And you will turn back unto him in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the son of the living God. I speak to you 
right now that there will be an activation of the supernatural power of God in your life in dreams and in visions in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth the son of the living God some of you are very foreign to that realm of the supernatural but by the time the series is over I pray for you that it will be a normal in your life in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth hearing the voice of God will be normal in your life in the name of Jesus having significant dreams will be a normal in your life in the name of Jesus interpretation of dreams will be a normal in your life in the name of Jesus some of you God is going to usher you into that realm of seeing visions inner visions open visions in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth the son of the living God and for some of you God will install you as the prophets of your home the prophets of your workplace God will give warnings to you in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth the son of the living God receive an impartation of the grace in the supernatural to live in the over any negative impartation that I must must have taken place in your life in the name of Jesus. as a result of a dream. Yes. Any sicknesses that have been imparted through dreams, any fear that has been imparted through a dream. Any anxiety that has been imparted through a dream. Jesus. Any confusion that has been imparted through a dream. Jesus. Today I come from the throne room perspective. And I come not in my own name but in the name that is above every other name. The name that when mentioned every knee shall bow. The name that when mentioned every tongue shall confess. And I command a reversal of the effects of that dream in the mighty name of Jesus. If it is sickness, I command healing to take place now. If it is fear, I command the spirit of fear to leave you. If it is anxiety, I command the spirit of anxiety to leave you. If it is confusion, I command the confusion to leave you now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the son of the living God. If it is wrong habits today in the mighty name of Jesus, I command deliverance, I command deliverance to take place in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the son of the living God, I command every demonic encounter through dreams to be reversed now in the name of Jesus Christ. We trust you have been blessed by this message. For more information, reach us on 024-873-7250 or on our Facebook page, The Overflow Worship Center. Stay blessed. Overflow! Someone overflow! Overflow! Where